Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAS Creator Network. All right, cuties. Today on Our Private Bits, we have Mr. Hugo Philippe, who is a content creator, creative director, and photographer. He has worked with brands such as Campbell's, H&M, Fable, Ikea, Adidas, and so many more, and also happens to be one of my friends. Want to say hi, Hugo? Hello. I'm Hugo. (laughs) I'm so happy that we get to do this episode together. You know, I feel like we've known each other for a really long time, but we've we've never really, like, had this like vulnerable sort of moment together. No. So I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited to like get to know you it's, a bit deeper. It's been a minute, I think, too. <laughs> it yeah. Has. yeah. Do you, okay. So like, what is your, like, what's your version of how we first met? <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I think we were talking on Instagram. Yes. And then we were just like, let's hang out. Totally. We met at your office. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we just, we hung out. And then I think we made plans to hang out later or something. Did we do that though? I think, I think didn't we go for like dinner or start or like we went for something after a coffee or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think, afterwards. okay, okay. Yeah. My memory, my memory's awful. So. No, no, no. I um, just, I feel like that was like a whole other like well, lifetime that ago. Was like what, 2018 yes, maybe? Maybe. 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 Who knows? Yeah, maybe it was, later. It was a I long know. time ago. Yeah, it was like back when I was working for like Lancome. So like, yeah, you yeah, came it was, to like the L'Oreal office here in Toronto. Like downtown, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On Richmond Street. Okay. I remember. Yeah. I remember, I remember the the are overarching details. Yeah. Not the <laughs> not the little stuff, but I love it. What was like what were your like first impressions of like I guess like meeting me for the first time? I'm curious. I think I I feel like back then, yes. the internet was so different where like we sort of weren't as I don't want to say authentic, but totally. it was more of like the image. Yes. So I don't know if I had like an idea of who you were. Yeah. But I think like it would not be what I would think now if I like <laughs> met you on the internet first. Do you totally, know what I mean? For sure. And I feel like because it was back in like we didn't do videos. No, it was just, just all like pictures, pictures like professional imagery, yes. which like you were already modeling. Yeah, it was it was back. It was back then. So I feel like I was just like, okay, like I've got this like boss bitch that I'm meeting. You know what I mean? Like with like the the hair always. So I feel like I had my mohawk back then too. It was like my shaved on the sides and like long on the top. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 actually got to meet like baby miles, you know? It was it was a different time. It was a different time. So Uh, it's so true. I remember like distinctly from like our first conversation, we were like 
I was just like, I don't know. We, we got onto like the topic of something. Cause I was like, totally like, okay, this guy's got like these like daddy vibes. Like I was like, he's so hot. You know, I definitely feel like I was like internet crushing a bit on you. I, like back then. <laughs> I feel like we also, I don't know if I'm making this up, but we no. both just went through a breakup. Yes, we did. I remember. Cause we, I remember us talking about that. Yeah, and that was, tr- I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Cause that was like my fresh to Toronto phase yes. post breakup. So I think we were just in so like, such different places totally we were agreed but it was like you were one of like the first like content creators though that I like I actually like met in real life which is kind of interesting like I I don't know I think like back then I was so afraid to like reach out and like meet people look for community I think like that you're a part of and also like events were very different than too like there wasn't a lot of these like big massive content creator events and it's true um, yeah, so I don't know. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting how, how like, yeah. And I feel like you gave me a lot of advice too, like at, in that first time, okay. you know, I, I feel like in terms of like, I was still like trying to get my toe wet in like the content creator world. So like, okay. I, I feel like you were like helping to like guide me a bit in like a direction of like working with brands. So I, I appreciated good. that. Yeah. I think, I, I feel like it was. Okay. I mean, I mean we're, we're here, doing we're it here, full yeah. time now. We're both, so it's like, we're both still here. So yeah. Okay. That's yeah, so that's... cool. But how did you like, how did you get into like, being a content creator like did the photography and the creative direction come first or like did that come after um it all kind of happened okay I have a terrible like my story of how I got into this is not the best story that's okay but it's not a it's like a persevered story I'll say but that's good um so I was working at a marketing agency and I was working there when we met yes um and I got hired for SEO and then they launched a social media division and that would like became sort Mm -hmm. of where I was working um, and we had a client that wanted influencers. Yes. And at that time, like it was again, like 2016, 17, yeah. like it was like a whole new world. And when the client reached out, I, I was just like, I don't even know what that is. Yes. Like, you know, uh, I think my Instagram at that point was just like picture, bad pictures of my food. And like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a normal Instagram, like I was totally. just using it day to day. Um, and so I like looked into it and then we started reaching out to all these content creators in mm-hmm. Toronto and like people were responding with these rates and I was like whoa this is crazy like <laughs> this is like my salary yeah, for people like have no idea how much content creators make. yeah <laughs> and, and this was still back in like yes. the, where budgets were smaller totally. and I was just like whoa like this is literally like what I make in a week yeah. like or like a month yes for some of these people and I think at that time I looked over to like some of my colleagues and I was like I could do this like mm-hmm. I don't I I could be a content creator and they're like no you can't and I was like you cannot tell me I can't do something yeah and I went home that Friday and I completely just like took the whole weekend. I like rebranded myself. I like made I my, it. made my logo, decided on like Mr. Hugo Philippe, changed yes. my handle. I called one of my photographer friends and we booked a photo shoot. Yeah. I think on the Sunday we went out, I just like brought all my clothes and we just like went to all the cool spots in Toronto. Yeah. And I think like literally I came back Monday and I was like, all right, now we're, we're starting. Like we're posting the content. And then I just decided that I was going to share more and like, become a content creator. Mm. And I know that's so weird to say, just be like, I just decided I wanted to do this, but it was, it started as like a, I don't want to say like a fuck you to my coworkers, but like, you know, like I can do this. Yeah. Um, but, and then it turned into what it is now. Yeah. And it, I, I'm glad I did it. I did it like, I don't want to say in a spiteful way, but like, you know, like in that, like, I'll show you, but I think it was worth it. And I think sometimes you need that. I think sometimes you need people to tell mm-hmm. you no for you to be able to like show them, you know what I mean? Totally. And sort of persevere past that. I'm very much that kind of person when it comes to something. If mm-hmm. you tell me like, I can't do it, yes, I'll figure it out. Or like if someone wants to hire me for a project and I don't know how to do it, I'll be yeah. like, yeah, of course. I've, I've totally done that. Yes. And then I'll just go learn it. 
And I think that was one of those moments. And that's sort of what started the whole thing. I love it. I mean, I totally relate to that. I think like, I'm so the same. Like, I hate when people tell me no or like tell me that I can't do something or like reject me from yeah, like something. Yeah. I feel like that's also been like the story of my career of like, you know, I grew up in a small little wrong. farming town yeah. in Nova Scotia. And people are like, you're never going to be a model. You're never going to work in the fashion industry. You know, you're going to yeah. be like working at this grocery store for the rest of your life. And I was like, watch me, yeah, exactly. you know? So it, I, yeah. It, Sometimes you need that. Totally. And, and I think people have to like, you know, I think it's like, like you said, you, I think you have a choice. You can either like take people saying those things and like use it to like your detriment right. or yeah. you can like use it as motivation and 100%. fire and drive. And 100%. I think like people should, you know, I think you have a choice and, and yeah. I hope people realize that. And I think like it wasn't unrealistic for me to do those things anyways. Like I mm -hmm. took photography in high school. Yes. I took creative writing in high school. I also had both classes in uh, college when I went to school. Yeah. So like it was always, I've always been creative and maybe I just didn't realize that that was an outlet mm -hmm. to be creative and to make money. Yes. Um, so I think it wasn't far off. And I think that that's one of the things that I feel like as a content creator, like you have to enjoy those things. You have to enjoy totally. creating. Yeah, and exactly. So for, it just, it sort of made sense. But I think the start was very much rooted in trying to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. So. 100%. I mean, even now, I feel like sometimes I do things now as a way to try to prove people wrong, yeah. even with content creation. Totally. So it, uh, it's, it's always full circle, I feel like. Agreed. It's been beautiful watching your sort of like evolution and growth, Changing. I think, on social media. It's, it's, it's good. It's so different. Like, yes. I look back at like what I was doing when I started and like sort of my journey on social media mm -hmm. to here. And it's, I, I mean, like, even like you, like, it's, we're so totally. different now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wish you know, the days were back some days where I could just post a picture of my and shoes and get like a hundred thousand likes because people like my shoes. Cause that took me like five seconds, yeah. Yeah. you know, now it's like full production for like a 15 second video, it, you know, it took me so long. And like, I'm just finally starting to do TikToks yes. because I, as like a photographer, yeah. like the idea of doing video was so daunting totally. and even just like when it comes to photography, like we can play around with it for so long to get yes. that like one shot. And to get it perfect. And yeah. I think that's something we taught ourselves in like the early days of mm -hmm. Instagram, like getting that perfect shot where like video, it's a lot more work to get that perfect 100%. shot. Lighting and is so crucial. <laughs> lighting. Like if I don't like something about myself, I can't yeah. just put it into Photoshop no. and fix it. Like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> learn to let go of all that. And totally. I think that's been the hardest part for me. Like, I think I pushed it off for so long. Yeah. Like there's so many days where I was like, I just hope this TikTok thing is a fad or like, I hope video yeah. is a fad because I don't want to do it. And now... 2024 is like my goal to actually start doing it. Huh. So what was the thing that like you had to let go of the most? I think the perfectionism, mm -hmm. especially like being a full-time photographer, yes. I do these photo shoots and like sometimes I spend an hour or two hours on yeah. like a single photo. I think like letting go of that on video for myself is the hard part. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's what I'm still struggling with. Yeah. And I think it's uh, like normal. You know, like today I'm like, I, one of these sides, I have yes. these like pimples and I'm like, I can't, like if we hadn't committed to this and this yeah. was just like a video that I was shooting today for something, yeah, yeah. I would have probably not shot today mm -hmm. and like sh shot tomorrow. Totally. I, I mean, and, that's probably a big one for me too. Like I still have pretty problematic skin yeah. that like still likes to break out. And I'm like, I cannot Photoshop this out of my yeah. pictures like anymore. And I've just like, it's really like taken me a long time to like 
come to peace with like this is a normal part of being human and like I have to just like accept it but yeah perfectionism I think is like it's it's a tough one because it's so like deeply like rooted I think in not only I think just like people but like especially as like as queer people like we are constantly I think like trying to like avoid any sort of like judgment you know Mm -hmm. and and maybe subconsciously we don't we may not realize that that that's happening yeah but it's like you know it's like it's like any little thing can just like activate that I think like that that perfectionism to just like try to avoid I totally comments (laughs) no it's it's I think and it also is something that like we taught ourselves when it was more Mm photo-based you know what I mean to like look for that perfection and like back when I think it's fair to say Instagram used to be like an aspirational, for, you know, a lot of people, it, it was, was like, you're following creators who like, you want to be like, yes. whereas now I feel like we follow creators that we relate to and that we sort of like see ourselves with. Huge but shift. I think back then it was also part of that. Let's make everything look perfect. Let's yes. remove every wrinkle off the clothes totally. and Photoshop our faces and do whatever, you know what I yeah. mean? If I don't like that little thing, I can just fix it. But it's, those days are gone. They are. And uh, I think it's for the better. A hundred percent. But it's still a process to learn how to get past that. Of course, it's an unlearning, right? <laughs> so I'm curious though, were you, I, this is something I actually don't know about you, but were you born in Toronto? No. Or, no, okay. Emerging from Portugal. Okay, oh, cool. Um, yeah, I was born there and then I what moved. What part of Portugal? São Miguel. Okay. It's like one of the islands, the oh, Azores oh Islands. Ugh, I want to go. <laughs> it's so nice. If you go, go for like a couple of days. At yes. least like there's, I think, nine islands. So you can travel between the islands and yeah. stuff. Oh, amazing. So, I went, last time I went was 2018 because it was my grandma's 50th Aww, wedding anniversary. So it was so nice. like, they were doing like bow renewal and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was there for a week and a half. And after day three, I was just like, I can't, like there's nothing else to do because yeah. I'm so small. Yes. Um, can you not sit still? I can't. Yeah, me either. No, I'm like, I'm even now, I'm like, this is, I have to stay here for 30 minutes. Like I'm, uh, my ADHD is kicking out. I know, like, right. Um, but uh, yeah, I went for a week and a half-ish and it was just a little bit too long. Like after sort of like going back and looking mm-hmm. at all the different places I grew yes. up in, it was just kind of like, all right, like what? What's next? What's next? And yeah. obviously like I like to do queer things. So totally. in a small island, there yeah. isn't really, I no. think there's one gay bar, but it's like gay friendly bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, and I didn't do any of that. Um, okay. I went by myself. I just went with family. So I didn't even have uh, anyone to go with. Yeah. Um, but I think now, like, I want to go back and, like, experience it sort of on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should. Totally. But, and then Portugal's right there. So yeah. just go to Portugal and then do Portugal. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So what made you move to Toronto then? So I grew up in a small town. Like, yeah. the town I grew up in doesn't even exist anymore. No it's way. On, it's on the side of a volcano. <laughs> and I think, like... It was right before I went to see my grandparents, so like 2016, yeah. 17, the government came in and was like, just knocked on everyone's doors and was like, here's a check for the value of your house. Yes. Um, the, where we have reports the volcano is going to erupt. So if anything happens, oh like no one's coming, you can take this check and buy another home the size of your home somewhere else on yeah. the island, or you can stay and keep the money. Yes. But if something happens, like no one's coming. Like it, they were very clear, like, we yeah. were giving you the money, do what you want with it, Whoa. but that's, that's sort of it. So, um, most people like left, my okay. grandparents left, they like bought a house in a different town. Okay. You know? Um, but there are some people that stayed there, but, um, we just, it was a small town and yeah. my mom just wanted more for me, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the like immigrant story yeah. for the most part. So we moved, um, to Canada. We sort of bounced around a lot. 
we had different um, family in like different small towns. Okay. And then I think I've just always wanted something bigger. Like I went to uh, Western after school. So mm-hmm. like went to London and then I think Toronto was just the next like yeah. natural progression. I think also as like queer people, we try to gravitate to where there's more queer people. Absolutely. And I think Toronto obviously in Canada is like our, our spot. Yes. Um, so I think that it just was a natural progression for me to come to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love having things, having things around me. Like I love the hustle and bustle of the city. And yes. I think maybe growing up in a small town, like you yeah. understand that there's totally. like nothing that you can do. No. Um, so I think for me, like having everything around me is great. Like mm-hmm. I, I love never, like if I'm bored, it's my own fault. You yes, know what I mean? Like totally. there's so many things yeah, to do. Yeah, there's so much to do in Toronto. So I think it was, yeah, just natural progression for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, I'm more comfortable in the city where I just see more people that I feel like are like me. Totally. When was like the first time, I guess, like, so after, I'm assuming like after you moved to like to Ontario, like, do you remember seeing like queerness for the first time or like maybe you saw it back home? I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of like, when I, like when we moved, uh, we settled down in Port Colborne. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with it. It's like near St. Catherine's Welland area. Um, And I had like some queer people in okay. like my high school yes. and in like the elementary school I That's went to. Cool. Um, so I think I saw it and I think I, I've, I've known I was gay yeah. I think since I came out, you okay. know? Um, <laughs> and I mean like came out, came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and I think it was one of those things that like everyone knew, but no one really talked about yeah. it. Um, so I identified other queer people, I think very early on. Yes. I think if we know early, it's easier for us to sort of mm-hmm. pull those things out from people. But it wasn't necessarily like a safe space, if that makes sense. And I think I didn't really bond with those queer people either. I don't know if you had this experience, but it was almost like that like high school competition. Totally. With the other I felt so threatened by the other ones. Yeah. And I mean, I will say like my my high school bully was the other like out queer kid, you know? And I think it was part of the like projection, Mm -hmm. maybe. And I was also weird. Like I was I was weird. I was adjusting to a lot. Like I had come to a new country I mm. was in this town where everybody was white and yes. like even I'm I'm white but like yeah. I was the darkest person yeah. in my class totally um so I think like just being that like immigrant kid you yes. know like I'm half Portuguese half Egyptian mm-hmm. like some people immediately see like the brownness yeah, from that yeah. and they just like you know put me into that like had a lot of like go back to your country like mm. you know Ugh, all so that gross. kind of stuff so I think it made it very difficult for me to make friends in of course. grade school. And I brought that into high school. And I think I still, some of those things still sort of like mm-hmm. live in my head. But um, yeah, it sort of always kept that barrier. So I think that's why when, even when I was in London, Ontario, like I think that was where the first gay club yeah. lavish. I cool. don't even know if that oh still exists. Um, and that's where I first started to see people. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need more of this. Like I need, yes. to, I need to go to Toronto and totally. like actually experience more of that. I love it. Well, I think it is. It's important. That is the same reason I feel like I came here too. It was like I needed a place where I felt like safe so I could like figure out like who I was, you know, because I think like when you're so much thinking about like your safety, you know, when you're in these sort of like situations, you know, even regardless, like, you know, London is, you know, quite a big population, but it's still like, you know, I think from like, even just like a race perspective, like there's still not a lot of diversity there. So like, yeah, (laughs) London is not, not very great, but no, Toronto, I think is like, Toronto's great. For sure. Yeah. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So now, I guess, like, now you're, like, working as a content creator. You know, you're, like, living in Toronto, or I guess you were more creative direction or photography at that point. So, like, how was, I guess, like, navigating... I guess, like, your, like, queerness, I think, like, within the work that you're doing. Because I think, like, that was one thing I think I always, I, I think I just appreciated with you on social media is that I never felt like you, I like, I, I never was like, oh, this person's, like, you're not queer, even though you're more masculine right. presenting. Like, I felt like you were always, like, you know, showing your partner or whatever, like, on social media. So, yeah, yeah how, how was that for you at that time? I've tried to, like, never hide you know, but I've never been like also, I mean, like I've been vocal, but I've, it's never been like, like, I think I've always kept a little barrier there Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think we still struggle with people being negative. So, and queerness is one of the things that always, always comes out that people love to, you know? So I think I've always kept sort of like a little bit of a barrier there or like, um, again, like I overthink what I'm putting out mm-hmm. in a way that like, I'm like, okay, how can someone, and this is maybe not just to be about queerness, but like, how can someone make fun of me with this yes. content I'm putting out? Right. Totally. And I think like, that's something I'm also learning to let go of. Like, I don't, I think now I don't care as much about what people think mm-hmm. or post or respond. For sure. Um, but I've never tried to hide it. And if it comes up organically, then it, it comes up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just wanted to like show myself and like what I'm doing yeah. and my work and my story. Um, but I do think that there are times where I like try and not share as many of those things because mm-hmm. I, like I said, like afraid of what people are going to yeah. say. Um, and I think even myself, like, this is just a very weird thing for me, but I hate when people like me as a content creator, like I hate being defined as just like one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think like even queer, like even when it comes to that, like, I don't want to be just like a queer content, totally. creator, you know? And I think if that's part of what people do I don't, yes. I don't you know that's you and that's your story and mm-hmm. that's what you want to do I don't really care but sure. I think for me like I'm Hugo I'm all these things yes. I'm queer I'm a photographer I'm a dog dad like I'm you know what totally. I mean like and I try not to I tried a lot not to make content that would define me as that for sure and I didn't want to be you know 
only getting picked for campaigns or for things because mm -hmm. I'm like the token queer person. Yes. And I think for a while, I really tried to push that aside. Mm -hmm. I think now I don't care. I think yeah. now, you know what, if you want to hire me for a campaign because I am the queer person, yes. like give me the money. I'll take yeah. the money. Um, I do think there are still some things that happen. Like there are those brands that only come knocking during June. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, I'm sure you have a lot of that. For sure. And you're like, I'm here year round, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is the part that's still sort of like, makes me feel shitty when it's like there's certain brands that mm -hmm. every June like I've worked with you for three four years yeah. you know and that's great every June you keep me totally you keep my pockets full but I'm a person the other 11 months of the year mm -hmm. you know and I think that sometimes when I think about that I try and like push aside not push aside my queerness but like not include so much of it because I want to feel like I'm being hired for me you Absolutely. know what I mean I think there's more to us than like the people that we yeah. date, right? And yeah. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of like tokenizing that yeah. happens, you know, which yeah. is frustrating. But I think I'm getting, I'm, I'm pushing past that a little bit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? Hire me. Don't, you know. And uh, I think I've become more comfortable sharing my queerness throughout things. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are still sometimes things where like that something comes in and I'm like, this is great. I can be as queer as I want, but then I'm like, who's going to see this? You know, especially yes. if they talk about like running ads with our content, yeah. I immediately start to be like, all right, who's going to see this? Yeah. What can I, what can I and can't I do to like protect mm -hmm. myself and, totally. you know, and my mental health? Because during June of last year, I did a big pride campaign mm -hmm. and, you know, the company was talking about all these things they were going to do and they're going to push all these ads and they were going to, you know, send all this stuff out. And in my head, I'm like, who's, gonna see this like you're yeah. a very, you're like a a brand that appeals to everybody yes so it's like i'm gonna see, queer people will see this but then people who hate queer people mm -hmm. also see this and that ended up happening then and they boosted a lot of ads and there was like a video on tiktok that i think like hit almost a million but it was just like through the boosting and yeah. stuff and i would say like 95 percent of comments were people telling me that i was gonna go to hell yeah. and i should kill myself and like all of these things and, you know, I had a talk with the brand way before that. And mm -hmm. I was like, if these things happen, like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the protocol for, yeah. you know? And the protocol was just, okay, we'll turn the comments off. Which, yeah. like, cool. But, like, at the same time, you know, I, I wish that brands would be like, no, we're going to back you up. And you can, we're going to say that's not acceptable. Yes. You know, that, you know, we we support everybody, you know, that kind of stuff. But. It was just more of like the hiding, which was fine. I understand from a brand perspective mm -hmm. that there's a lot of politics and you can't respond to the 500 comments and tell everyone to, yes. you know, go fuck, fuck themselves. <laughs> but um, I think there are times where that still pops up in my head. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's. I think I admire that you have the foresight because I think, like, for me in the past, I never, I don't know, I'm, like, in my bubble online right. and then, like, you know, I had like a video the kind of similar. It was like 10 million on TikTok, but it was just like everyone telling me that they wanted to murder me, yeah, yeah. you know? And it's just like, <gasps> I wasn't like mentally or like prepared to like deal with that, that I like, I basically like avoided TikTok for like yeah. the last year because I was like, I don't know if I it, can go through this again. It gets to you. And yeah. even if you know not to care, I think when you have so many people telling you these yes. things, like it, it still fucks with your head totally you know? and I, I think it's like you know i think it activates a lot of like it's like a trauma response yeah. you know like I, I think like even though 
you can feel really good and confident in where you are now, I think that there's still always going to be that part of like that, that part of yourself that was traumatized at one point in your life or being bullied, right? And so then like when you have the 10 million people like coming at you, it's like, of course it's going to activate it. You know, like I I think it's hard to not uh, uh, like feel something from that, you know? So yeah. I I think the, the part that gets me is it's, even if the content isn't queer, mm-hmm. it's just that you're existing. Yes. You know what I mean? And I like the ads that I did, they were for Pride Month, but it was it was for a streaming service. And it was literally just like, hey, you can find all these queer movies on the yeah, streaming service. Like it. it wasn't, it wasn't totally. anything like I wasn't doing anything no. gay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Like, I understand sometimes if you see content and it it triggers something for in sure. people, but we're just existing. And yes. I think that that's the part for me where it's like, you're telling me all these things literally because I just said, mm-hmm. go watch these yeah. gay movies. For sure. It's Pride Month. Educate yourself. Yes. Here's a list of stuff. And I don't think like that's where I was just like, well, it got to me, you know? And I think, you know, like when I hear a lot of people say like, you know, is pride necessary? You know, are these things kind of like, why do we still have this? Like, you know, it, it's yeah. fine now. And, it's I, and I think it's like, no, like you, you still also like live in this bubble yeah. when it's like, you know, maybe you're not seeing as much of it, maybe like on the streets, but like, yeah. there's still like a massive community of people online that like still feel like empowered okay. to, to say these very like hateful things. Yeah. So, you know, there people, obviously is still a lot of work to be people done. People love to hide behind the keyboard. Yeah. About anything. So yeah, there's a, a lot of work to be done. 100%. Now, I know, like, I guess, like, sort of on this kind of topic, I think I remember it was, like, a few years ago when you kind of, like, publicly came out a little bit about, you know, being in a trouble and, like, what was, like, you know, I, honestly, when I saw that, I feel like, to, I have to tell you, like, I had, like, a whole new, like, level of, like, respect for you because I think it's not something that's like publicly talked about, you know? And I was like, I really like applauded you for doing that because I think there is like so much stigma outside of like a very like colonial idea of, of what a relationship should look like. So I guess like what was like, what made you want to publicly talk about that? Like online? I think there was a couple of things. I think at first I like, obviously any relationship that's new, you're not right away sharing everything. So I think there was, a bit of time where I wasn't, you know, sharing mm-hmm. or like was sharing things, but it wasn't really clear to people, you know, that I was in this relationship. Yes. Um, I think over time, you know, when I first decided that we were going to try the throuple relationship, mm-hmm. or I guess when we decided, not just, it was just me. This yeah. was in my head. No, um, when we decided there was a lot of, we'll call it research, you yes. know, and Googling. I know someone else that's in a throuple in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I like, I asked him to have coffee and yeah. I went through, you know, all these questions. And he also gave me some really great insight on like, you know, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, here are some, you know, things that are going to happen. And yes. then, but I think a lot of it was figuring it out on my own. And mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of why I was like, I'm going to share more of this because if there's anyone else that's totally. sort of like considering this or, you know, just wants to learn more, like there isn't really resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other great accounts. Uh, there's, I feel like when I did a lot of research, it was more like, I guess there's no like straight throuples, but it was yes. a lot of like one guy and two girls yeah. and stuff. So I think even just like a queer throuple, like with three gay men, mm-hmm. like was interesting for me to want to share information. Totally. And I think like, if you are already gay or okay with me being queer and gay, mm-hmm. like you're probably fine with yes. learning that content anyways. 
So I think for my audience, like, I don't think anyone really cared. Okay. I think a lot of people That's were cool. interested. Yeah. I think some people were interested in like a, also a gossipy kind of way, which okay. like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think people were just supportive. I don't think I had anyone that was like very outward or like negative about it. I love I this. I think that, and again, it's part of like the community mm-hmm. that you sort of build. And maybe there are some people that were turned off about it, but mm-hmm. I, no one's ever really said anything to me. I think everybody was sort of super supportive, even like outside of Instagram, like mm-hmm. people in real life. Um, I think it was just, it's a big difference in a relationship versus just like two people. Yeah. There's so many more dynamics. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to share a bit of that. And I think I get people that ask me questions all the time still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the most part, I try and be like open book about what's going on in my life or like what I'm doing. So I think it just like, it made sense. And I, because I have more of like a lifestyle account, yeah. it just like, it was, even if I didn't want to share it, like it was going to be shared about totally. because I'm just doing these things with two other people all the time. So yeah. Cause it, did it um, reach like a point where like you were like, Oh, like I'm posting this person and like people maybe are wondering why we're all together. Or like, what was the, I think, I think there was a bit of that at yeah. first, but I think if you knew if you know me in real life, like mm-hmm. outside of Instagram, like yeah. we're always together anyways. Totally. So it wasn't, I don't think that there was like a time where it was weird. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like there was no like period where people I think were like, why are they all hanging out together? Because mm-hmm. we were already were. It was just like yeah. a natural progression to our friendship. And I think that that's what was really beautiful about it. it. It was just three really good friends that decided there's maybe more there yeah. and that we wanted to experience experience that and explore that mm-hmm. so I think that it didn't feel jarring or random for a lot of people totally like I don't think there was anyone in our life that was like what like you guys yeah. are you know like I think it it sort of made sense and I think that's what was was great oh, that makes me so happy to yeah. hear this <laughs> so what do you find like I guess you know you say like a lot of people had questions and like what what, what are like sort of maybe those like frequently asked questions or like the advice that people are sort of right. seeking um, if they were like looking to get into one that you would give them? I think a lot of people wanted to know why. Yeah. And I think that oh, like that's a big, like is one person not enough? You know, like yeah. I think that that's sort of a thought that a lot of people have yeah, or but- is something going on in your relationship that you're trying to fix? Yeah. And I think- and that was some questions that interesting that even like the friend that I met, yes, uh, he asked me right away, like, why are you doing yeah. this? Is there, you know, is this to fill a gap or any mm-hmm. of that stuff? And the answer was no. Like it was just we were hanging out the three of us four or five times a yeah. week already. You know, like he was staying over usually on weekends. You yeah. know, it 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 was a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people didn't understand that totally. That it just it sort of just happened. But I also um, think it's like one person putting so much pressure on one person to like fill the needs of like of, for you. Yeah. I think that's a lot of pressure in a relationship. It is, and it's it like, is. and especially if you don't have a strong like friend group that can like maybe take on a little bit yeah. of like the weight of yeah. like that. I think that's why a lot of people I, personally, I think get divorced or like don't have healthy relationships because yeah. it's like they project so much onto that one, one person, person and want them to fill every single part of who they are. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I believe in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I learned a lot from that mm-hmm. in terms of that too. Because yeah. even like, you know, I've mentioned this to you before, but yes. I don't really like talking about 
people to other people. Yes. So even when I'm in a relationship, like I have a really hard time talking to my friends mm-hmm. about my partner. For sure. Because I never want my friends to feel weird around my yeah. partner, you know? And I think like even that's something that like I sort of learned was like having different friend groups and people that don't really mix together. Because mm-hmm. then if you do talk about your partner or you do want to talk to someone about something, you yeah. don't, that person isn't going to be affected by that. Totally. You know, like they're removed from yes. your friends. So I, I really understood like the importance of having your own friends mm-hmm. and your own friend group that's separate sort of from your relationship. Yes. And I think that sort of ties back into what you're saying, like mm-hmm. being able to have different people in your life that can fill some of those needs. For sure. Um, but I think I've seen personally, like, you know, I think because I was sharing about the throuple, there yes. I had a lot of people asking me questions and yeah. telling me things. And I did sort of notice, not necessarily a pattern, but there were a lot of people who like were considering it, but mm-hmm. it was like, cause they were missing something from their yeah. current relationship. Which I think is fine. I think that there's like we've mentioned, like one yes. person can't be everything. But I think I do strongly feel like if you're trying to fix something in a relationship, like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the best route sure. to do it. I think you need to fix that first before exactly. introducing something new. One hundred percent. Um, I think for us, like the natural sort of progression mm-hmm. of our friendship turning into that yeah. made a lot of sense. Um, and I feel like that is probably like if I was to being a throuple again, like that's how it would be approached. Like it would just be a relationship that sort of evolved into that. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's how people should look at it. If they're looking at, you know, doing that, like, it's not just, all right, you know, my partner travels half the month. So the other half I want, so you know what I mean? Like, it's not sort of like to fill that in my opinion. Yes. Um, And I think if I was ever to approach it in that way, like it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. I think it was just like falling in three people, falling in love together as opposed to just two and then bringing someone else, you know? Totally. But I think that's really good advice because I think it's like, yeah, you can't use a third person as a Band-Aid, right? And it's like, that's temporary and agreed. You need to kind of like make sure that you work on the relationship and it it is in a good place to like allow someone else to maybe come into it. So I think my biggest sort of full advice is just to understand that there is multiple relationships and mm-hmm. I don't just mean like like there's like five relationships because yeah. there's, there's your relationship with each individual person yes. and then there's your group dynamics yeah. and then those people also have relationships and then you also have your relationship with yourself that you need to figure out totally. you know, how all of this sort of works together so I think it's a bit more complex than people mm-hmm. assume it is of course um and I think that there's a lot of that that no one can really teach you. Totally. Um, and you just sort of have to live it to sort of understand mm-hmm. how you manage all those relationships. And that there's no longer, you know, when you're dating one person, you're prioritizing one person. Yes. But when you're dating multiple people and you guys are equals. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, when it comes to throuples, there's different dynamics. There's yes. some people who are, you know, we're here and then the new person's yeah. here. Like we were very clear that our dynamic was a very equal relationship. Yes. When we were starting a new relationship, mm-hmm. not necessarily building a relationship like do you know what I mean totally um so I think that that was the difficult part was learning how to sort of everyone like not be equal but balance everyone's relationship um because I think that what sort of made it really difficult um and that sort of what sort of developed into the Mm -hmm. progression of ending was just that like dynamically the way that we spent time together was so different mm-hmm. that it would never be equal. Yes. Um, 
because like two of us work together. So yeah. like we're together during the day working More. and then we come home and now the three of us are together, but totally. the two of us have already had five, six, seven, eight hours together, yeah. you know? So there was never, there wasn't a way to sort of even out that dynamic mm -hmm. of someone feeling left out. Totally. And that's sort of something that you learn, you know, as you sort of develop the relationship. And that's something we thought would change once mm -hmm. we all moved in together. Yeah. Because we're like, okay, we're all together. We're seeing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but it still didn't change the overall dynamic of, you know, two of us are going to work. We're together at work all day. Yes. And then when we come home, now it's the three of us, but it's still, yeah, that didn't change. And that's the, you, you, we tried it and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, but we, are glad that we tried it and yeah. we are glad that we experienced that. Totally. Um, and I think it's great if you're able to, I don't, I've always been like a community person. Mm -hmm. So like, I know it sounds weird, but like, I love that idea of just having multiple people at home that you love and totally. that you sort of depend on. And I think it's really beautiful. And I think it, I've seen some great successful mm -hmm. relationships out of it. Um, it just, it didn't work out. No, and I, you know what? I think regardless of the outcome, I think you all, I'm sure, learned so much and yeah. grew so much, I think, as, as individuals. Yeah. And, you know, that that is, I think, like, irreplaceable. You yeah. know, I think that yeah. type of growth. And, yeah, I mean, like, hearing you talk a lot about it, it's not something I've, I've ever talked about. But, you know, after my, I was in, a like, a long-term relationship and it ended and there was, like, a couple that I you know, kind of had a crush yeah. on online, end up flying to Scotland to like, okay. to, you know, just spend some time with them. And so it was like, you know, we weren't in a relationship, but it was like my first time sort of being like a third in someone else's relationship right. for like an extended period of time. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, like it was, <laughs> you know, to me, I was like, oh, it's just going to be fun. Right. You know, but it was like, it was a lot of emotions to manage. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, even though, you know, the, what I, what we had was like three weeks, you know, together that, right. that we spent together, it was like, I definitely, it, yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself and just like how, like how much emotions I had to sort of manage between each person and the type of like dynamic you have with each individual person. And like, I don't know, I think it's like, I think for some people, it's like sometimes it's like this fantasy idea, and okay. like, and then you get in the situation, it's like, okay, no, this is not like the porn. No, you know? it's, it's really <laughs> not. It's not. You know, it is like there's way more to it, and I was like, okay, like you know, yes, I would be open to something like that. I think like you know, whatever my future holds, but like, uh, you know, at, at that sort of time, freshly out of a breakup, breakup, it was like really hard on me to like yeah. go into a, like a dynamic like that. So yeah. like, it didn't really like take off, but. <laughs> I mean, you tried it. Yeah, and totally. You got to experience and you got to see that. Um, and I think that that is important as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, hey, I don't regret it. I, I still had the, a great, a great three weeks with them, but my heart was just like, I was like, I don't know how to manage my heart in a situation like this. So, yeah. So to sort of like wrap up, I just want to appreciate you so much to being open about talking about this. I think it's like such a powerful piece to this episode and we haven't had someone share this type of story on the podcast so i'm just like want you to know how grateful i am thanks but where where can people find you online to continue following your journey yeah i'm uh, mr hugo fleep on everything so just mr and then hugo fleep um instagram tiktok hopefully we'll see i'm trying uh mainly instagram though mm -hmm. but i'm sure like They'll find, you know. they'll find you. They'll find you. They'll find you. So <laughs> it's, uh, I try to keep everything the same. Love so it. Easy to find. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.